My name is James Gleason, and I want to welcome you to the weekend teaching ministry of Sunrise Church here in Hillsboro, Oregon. Now, Sunrise is a church devoted to being a safe place to hear a life-changing message. And our vision is to lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And so every weekend, we share a message of hope from God's Word, the Bible. Now, if you'd like to know more about discovering and growing in a relationship with the God who loves you, please take a moment to visit our website at www.isunrise.com. Now, from there, you can learn how to connect with the God who loves you. And you can learn how to grow with others along the journey of life. You can learn to develop a heart to serve the least, the last, and the lost. And finally, you can learn how to lead others to know Jesus Christ on this journey of disciples making disciples. And so now I invite you to follow along with our weekend message as you discover the heartbeat of God. Welcome to Sunrise. My name is Lynne Carver, um, and I'm the small group coordinator here at Sunrise. If, if you've never met me before, they usually keep me in the corner, but they let me loose and they let me come up here today. So I just want to welcome you, and today is an interesting day. It's a little bit different than we usually do, different flow, different order of things, because it's our celebration. We have been in this Heart of Mercy series for six weeks. This is our seventh week, and this is our celebration service. And we're just here to celebrate everything that God has done in this heart of mercy, through this heart of mercy, in our own lives and in our lives as a church body. So it's going to be a great day. Things are going to be a little different. We're going to take communion together a little later in the service. And we're going to have some testimonies. Aaron, Kevin, and myself are going to help facilitate. But as we come in, I just want to say that for those of you who are new, you know, Sunrise Church, this Heart of Mercy series, really it does show the DNA of Sunrise. So as a Sunrise Church, our vision is to lead people in a growing relationship with Christ. And our goal is to make disciples who make disciples. And the way that we have set that up to help make sure that happens is our strategy to get you there is to help you connect, grow, serve, and lead. Connect with God and others. Grow in your relationship with God and others. Serve God and others. And lead people in a relationship with Christ, which is the disciple-making part, leading people to Christ. So that's our heart. That's our vision. So this mercy series just really shows the DNA of sunrise. And we, our heart as sunrise is to reach the least, the last and the lost. So this is our celebration. We're going to have a great time. As I said, some testimonies, um, some reflect, um, reflective or directed prayer a little later. So it's going to flow a little different. So thank you guys for joining me today and for joining in this series. I am going to recap for us really quickly. I'm just going to sort of summarize some of the things that we have been working on in this Heart of Mercy series. So if we take a look at the Heart of Mercy series, um, one of the first of them was... That mercy forgives the fallen. Mercy forgives the fallen. And we looked at the unforgiving servant in Matthew 18 for that one. And 
in this one, what happens is we, the entire series, we were looking at the different attributes of God and pastor James looked and he realized that one of the biggest attributes of God is that he's a merciful God. He's lots of other things. He's holy. He's righteous. He's just, but he is merciful. Can I get an amen? Thank God. He is merciful. Where would we be if he wasn't a merciful God? We would be lost. So looking at his heart of mercy, we um, looked at five different marks of mercy. And this first mark was mercy forgives the fallen. That was the unforgiving servant. And I'm just going to recap the Bible story. So what happens is there's this king. Jesus tells this parable. There is this king and the king calls in his debtors. And he calls one in and he says, you owe me like a million dollars in nowadays money. And he's like, I can't pay it. And he's like, well, I'm going to throw you in prison. And he dropped to his knees and he begged, please don't. Please give me more time. Be merciful on me and I will repay the debt to you. And he had mercy. That king had mercy and said, I forgive your debt. Go. So he was merciful. And then that servant went out and that servant called his debtors and said, Hey, you owe me, pay me. And unlike the king, the guy said, I can't. The guy dropped to his knees and said, please be merciful. I will repay you. And he owed him a thousand dollars is all a lot smaller debt. He was not merciful. He sent him to prison. So people heard this and they saw what he did and they were upset by it. So they went back to the king and they said, do you see what he's done? And he called that unforgiving servant in and he said, I forgave you so much, and yet you did not return that to other people. And he rightfully punished him for what he had done. So Jesus was using that as an illustration, saying that because I've been merciful to you, you must also be merciful to others. That's why we forgive, because God first forgave us. So mercy forgives the fallen. And the next week, we looked at how mercy helps the hurting. And for that one, we looked at the parable of the good Samaritan. And in that one, once again, I'll just sort of recap it for us. In that one, there was a Jewish man and this Jewish man was beaten and robbed and left for dead at the side of the street. And a religious priest walked down the road and didn't even go over and look. He just walked right on by. He chose to ignore the hurting person on the side of the road, the Jewish man. So then next comes a temple servant. So this is somebody who works in the religious establishment, sort of like a church employee. And that person decided to walk over and look, but still he didn't have mercy and he walked right on by and he left him. And then a Samaritan came along the road and the Samaritans and the Jews did not like each other. They were enemies. They didn't have anything to do with one another. They really were enemies. And the Samaritan showed mercy and he went over and not only did he go over to check it out, but he had mercy on him and he wound, he bandaged his wounds. He cared for him. He put him on his donkey and he took him to an inn and he said, I'm going to pay this man's bill. I want you to keep him here and I'll pay for things until he's well. Give him time to heal, provide food for him so that he can heal. And if I have not left you enough money, the next time I come back through, I will pay 
pay whatever extra if you would just make sure that he gets back on his feet. And that was at his own cost. And he was a Samaritan. He was the enemy of the Jew. And yet he is the one that helped the hurting. So that is what Jesus calls us to do. Jesus does not call us to be religious people. Remember the two religious people walked on by. He calls us to be followers of Christ. He says, follow me, follow after me, do what I do. That's what he wants us to do. Mercy is love and action. And if all we do is think about it, then we may be sympathetic or empathetic, but we are not merciful. Mercy requires action on our parts. So the next week we looked at how mercy is patient with difficult people. And sometimes, unfortunately, we're the difficult people, right? And thank, thank God that he is patient with us because we are difficult. When we were far away from God, we were difficult to him and we were his enemy. We set ourselves up against him at one point. So mercy is patient with difficult people. And Pastor James really helped us to highlight a few things that we want to work on with difficult people. We want to make sure that we look past the behavior and to the pain. Because there's always pain there that's driving it. And we want to make sure that we refuse to be offended by them, even though they're being difficult. And that we don't play into their games. That we always take the higher ground. And that we remember to look behind every hurt because there's always a hang up there. So remembering those things is really going to help us be merciful with those people. So then next we had our fourth one in the series, and that was mercy is kind to enemies. And I think the good Samaritan shows that really well because the Jew and the Samaritans were enemies and he showed mercy. So we looked at that and on that one, mercy is kind to enemies. Often the people who deserve it the least are the ones who need it the most. And sometimes we've been that person. So it's really important that we are kind and merciful to our enemies. Sometimes we have to remember that we have to sort of agree to disagree. We may never see eye to eye with everyone. They may see things differently than we do. And God wants us to reconcile with the person, love the person, show mercy to that person without agreeing on everything with them. Regardless of our differences, we still need to be merciful. That's what God has called us to do. Because God was merciful to us when we were his enemy. Next, we looked at how mercy cares for the lost. And for this one, we look at a story from Jesus's life. And I really like this one. The most merciful thing that we can do is bring people to Christ and show them Christ in and through us. Show people Christ's mercy, his love, and live it out for them. Now, in this one, we see where Jesus helps a paralyzed man. He heals him. But the thing I like about this and what Pastor James highlighted for us is the fact that this paralyzed person was on a mat, and there is no way that this person would have gotten to Jesus on his own. He was not capable 
of getting to Jesus on his own. A lot of lost people have no idea. They have no clue. They don't even know about Jesus. They're not going to get there by themselves sometimes. It takes us to get them there sometimes. So in this story, there were four, we don't know how many for sure, but a few people helped him and carried because they had mercy on their friend and they wanted their friend healed. So they carried their friend to see Jesus because they had faith and they knew if I can just get my friend to Jesus, Jesus will heal that person. And I love them and I care about them. So they took him in to see Jesus, but the house was so crowded. They couldn't get their friend in, but they didn't give up. Thank God they didn't give up. They went up to the roof. They're like, okay, how do we make this happen? They went up to the roof and they tore off the tiles. They tore a hole in the roof and they lowered their friend down on a mat to see Jesus because they had faith. And Jesus said, your faith, your friend's faith has made you well, has healed you. You are spiritually clean and healed. That's what we need most of all is we need that forgiveness because we all have a hole in our heart and it is not going to be filled by anything except for Christ. So he healed him spiritually, but also physically. And sometimes we need to help show people and take people to Christ. So we're in this together. All of us are in this together. And it's important that we remember to care for our loss and to be merciful for them because showing them Jesus is the most merciful thing that we can do. Now, we've also asked you during this series to take your mercy and put action to it by doing a mercy project. And here is just a few of the stories that you guys have shared. And that's the other part that we get to celebrate and do today. You get to hear some testimonies. There are all kinds of wonderful things that have already happened in this church. You guys have done all these things and there are so many more that we don't even know about. So thank you guys so much for being Christ, being merciful, loving, and putting it in action. And it's so awesome for us to do this. But remember, it's not about a one-time project. Our heart is to be this way all the time and to serve and be merciful people on a regular basis. That's what it's all about. So we're going to take it and we're going to sing. Aaron's going to sing and lead us in worship. And I'm going to open in prayer real quick. Thank you for listening to the recap. If you've never been here before, we did the recap because sometimes you may be walking in and this is the first time that you've heard about this Heart of Mercy series. So let's pray. God, I thank you so much. I praise you for what you've done in our hearts and in our church in this heart of mercy. And I pray that whatever you want people to hear today, they hear it. I pray that their hearts are open to fill your presence, Lord, and to be here in the midst with you. You want to love on us and pour into us. So I thank you, Lord. And I just pray that you bless us and you pour into us and you have us here exactly what we need to hear today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. He, he does reign. And for me personally, a couple things with this Mercy series. One is just for me understanding in a new way and pressing into the presence of God that when I was lost and I was far away from him and I was sinning and rebellious against him and his sons and daughters that uh, he picked me up when I was fallen, right? And he, and he cared for me when I was lost and he was kind to me when I was still an enemy because I was an enemy and we were enemies when we didn't belong to him, right? And he was patient when I was 
was so difficult, right? And, and so, you know, I'm really trying to see through that filter because when I do, there's a gratefulness and there's a humbleness, isn't there? And there's just appreciation and I can see everything different. So that's one of the things. And we're going to hear some testimonies today. And can we have Heather and Kirsten and Orion come up and just grab a seat right now? And, and for me, another thing I learned is that, um, uh, patience with difficult people. And God taught me a lot on that. And I was avoiding a couple of my difficult people. And this is what God said, in my spirit. He, he said, if you keep avoiding them, I'll keep bringing them. I'll bring more. And so I said, man, I don't want to, I'll, I'll face them. And so me, you know, I, I was kind of righteous. I invited my difficult person on the Harvey trip, right? And we spent 80 hours together on the van. And, and, and what happened in those conversations is that he told me I was his difficult person, <laughs> right? I'm discovering I'm a difficult person to people. And so God put us together for 80 hours in a van and we had some hard hits and hard conversations and we just weren't connecting. And God did an amazing thing when we hurt each other's hearts and, and we became friends and we're, and we're still friends. And I texted him last night and we're checking in and we're face to face and there's a softness and there's forgiven. Right. And so we want to just do some testimonies. Heather, can you come up? This is Heather Brown in, in 2018 at the end of that time, she would be on staff at Sunrise Church for 30 years. Is that incredible? <laughs> and as an executive pastor, I have the privilege of seeing our staff grow and Heather has grown in amazing ways with, you just have, it's just been amazing. And, and so she's going to share a little bit about that. She leads grief share. We do grief share here. She oversees the mercy fund, but last week in the service, uh, God spoke to her heart and she responded. So I'd love for you to share that. And man, you're, uh, I'm so proud of you. you. I am Heather. I'm so proud of you. Thank you for putting up with me. (laughs) So this mercy uh, series is really just, uh, I've grown so much and a couple, three years ago, um, you know, I had some issues with some family and, and, uh, friends that I dearly, dearly love. And a week ago when James was talking, I don't know the word he said, I don't know the sentence, but it really struck me in going home, the Lord said, because during the issues that I had with my family and friends, I did ask for forgiveness and, you know, and, and I thought, okay, that's cool. We're, we're good. But the Lord was saying last Saturday night, he said, Heather, he said, you have to do it over again. And I thought, well, no, everything's right. <laughs> no, I don't. But he said, no, you do. Because he said, with what the issues that came up with the circumstances, he said, uh, you did ask for forgiveness, but you let yourself. Because your reaction to whatever the circumstances was caused the reaction of your family and friends to uh, with, to do or to go with the incident and maybe have to do something about it or, you know, I really hurt them. I set them up to make them respond the way they did. And so, you know, I thought, you know, that makes sense, Lord, myself. I did let it get in the way. So he, in his loving way, <laughs> gave me the names last week that I had to go back to, you know, and, and do it right. So I did. 
and it was so freeing. And I just could feel God's grace. I could feel his love. I could feel his power. And my family and friends just, you know, because I had to let them know if I would have been in God's grace, I would have not reacted the way that I did. And so anyway... I thought, well, good, now I've done that. And the Lord said, no, you're not finished. He said, this week, here's some more names. And I'm going, okay, Lord. But I guess what I'm saying is when I don't do devotionals, even when I do, circumstances, it's I've learned you have to react with God's grace in whatever circumstances because if you let self get into it, it's a disaster. And I also learned, too, that... When, when I go to the Lord and I say, forgive me, Lord, for whatever I did, it, it, I grieve him. And so now when I go to him, I just say, Lord, I have grieved you by my thoughts, my actions, or my deeds. Forgive me, Father, for hurting you. And that's what I've learned. Mm, thanks, Heather. Thank you so much. Love you. Kirsten, come on up. This is Kirsten Herring, and she's an active mom with a lot of kids, and God's been stretching you, right, and growing you. And so just share with us, it kind of started here at the service, too, that God spoke to your spirit about going to Harvey. So share that. Um, When Kevin had... um spoke about building a team to go to Beaumont, Texas for the Hurricane Harvey relief efforts, um, I felt very convicted. I, I had never, um, I didn't know what that was going to look like, but I felt very convicted that I should go. And I do have seven children and five of them still living at home with the youngest being four. So I didn't know what that was going to look like. But I felt very called to go, and so I went home and spoke with my husband, and he was completely in agreement of going. Um, And so we were going to move forward with, you know, I was going to contact Kevin and see what I needed to do. And um, my daughter um, came to me and said, Mom, I I feel like I'm supposed to go too. So, And she's 16. So once we prayed about it and um, got the clearance from her teachers, we were committed. (laughs) And so then came the time to... um, I mean, not only did, you know, of course I struggled with leaving my family because I'd never left my family for a week before, Um, but also just coming up with the funds because our our budget does not account for that. So we had to raise that money in a very short period of time. So as the, it was only about two weeks we had before we left and um, it got down to the wire and we left on a, we were supposed to leave on a Sunday and it was Thursday and the funds weren't there. There wasn't enough. And so I came to my daughter, and I'd been wrestling with it all night about what, what we were going to do. And, you know, God, you know, I, I'm trusting you, but yet I wasn't seeing what we were supposed to do with this. And um, I was feeling very unsettled. And so I came to my daughter, and I said, it, it really does look like we most likely will have to go in the vans, you know, which means we will have to travel for probably 40-plus hours in a van, both each way. And I said, are you still okay with that? And she has some anxiety, and so I – this was a very – big deal for her to go and she's like i'll go i feel like god's telling us to go mom we're gonna go so i'm like okay so that morning we we were like we're doing this no matter what god puts us through we are gonna do this and then that afternoon we were completely funded to be able to um provide our airline ticket so um 
I just, you know, God just kept showing up and, and proving to me that um, no matter what, he was with me. And even though I had fears of air, even airlines, like I'd never been flown by myself. I'd never, I've barely flown. That was just like my third time I'd ever flown. And um, so I had anxieties about that. And I had, um, you know, I'd, I've never faced um, any kind of tragedies and what that was going to look like. And so all of this was stretching me out of my comfort zone. Leaving my family for a week was very scary for me. And my son got sick while, my littlest got sick while we were gone. And, um, but I had to trust that whole week. Every single day I was like, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you. Every situation that came up, I'm trusting you. Um, and, um, we, we, we saw some amazing things and it was the best experience. I, I really feel like he has, is, is stretching me and growing me in a different way than ever before because I've, I've not, um, you know, I've, I'm, my children, I've been home for 24 years with them and I've never really had an opportunity to, to leave my house to do anything. I've always wanted to, but I've never been able to be given the opportunity. And this year he's just opening doors and planting seeds and desires for that. And so we'll see where that goes. Awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks. That's good. <laughs> yeah. If you're around here right now, it's kind of get out of the stretch, you know, you're going to get in the stretch zone and out of the comfort zone. It's funny. I'll be walking down the hallway and people will kind of run into rooms and say, I don't want to be stretched anymore. You know, don't ask me anything. Orion, come on up. Orion's 15. And this guy went on the trip with us, but even more than that, about four months ago or so, he surrendered his life uh, to Jesus Christ. And, uh, he's been baptized and he's like one of those guys that man, whatever we have, he's in, he's been, he's been baptized. He went and served with us. He comes to our classes. He's just fired up part of the youth group. And so just share a little bit about what God's doing in your heart, you know, with the heart of mercy and what he's revealing to you and showing. And I'm, I love you and I'm proud of you. Yeah, so my name is Orion. I am 15 years old, and for me, this Heart of Mercy series has really changed me. You know, I uh, before about uh, four months ago, I didn't know Christ. I was just another kid at school, across you know, just another person, you know, making mistakes, making bad mistakes, and then I, my family experienced a loss, and that. You know, we started asking questions. We asked, you know, why? If there's a loving God, why did this happen? And we were asking questions, and we found Sunrise. And the instant we walked through these doors, my life has changed completely. In these four months, I've started serving every weekend I can. I went to Beaumont, Texas in one of the vans. I, it was, it, my entire life has changed for the better, for way better. And I, this Heart of Mercy series has really just solidified that. You know, I've, I've learned not to judge other people. I've learned to follow in Christ. I've learned to serve other people the way I want to be served and to just put my best foot forward in any scenario. And so this Heart of Mercy series has really changed me. I think it's one of the best series that could have happened for me, you know, going on down to Beaumont, hearing these amazing messages. And I've just, you know, it doesn't matter how old or young you are, you can always surrender yourself to Christ. But, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> we got a new preacher. We got a new preacher. Yeah, thank you. That's good. Well, let's get our nether crew up here. There's three up more of you, and we'll transition. Thanks, you guys. Thanks for taking the risk and trusting God and allowing him to change you. Come on up. Francis, why don't you come up first? Hey, Annie. Hey, Drew. 
This is Francis. Uh, he'll be new to some of you guys. We've been in relationship for a little bit. Our heart is to explore doing a campus for people from India and the neighboring nations. And so Francis relocated here from Jacksonville, Florida with his family and he's working remotely and we're you're an intern and we're really not paying you very much sorry about that but uh but he's here because of what's going on in your guys's hearts and what we're doing here and so you know the first question is just share a little bit about how sunrise has blessed you and shown you the heart of mercy and you know we're, thank you for taking that risk that was a big risk Big step. Yeah, um, Pastor Kev, it has been an incredible journey so far. Uh, since the time we felt God's leading uh, to come here to Hillsboro, uh, we saw the Sunrise Church family accept us, love us, welcome us. Also, we saw the provision of God in our lives uh, where church leaders came alongside of us and they encouraged us, cared for us. Uh, specific examples where we were here a few months ago for Memorial Day weekend. A uh, small group prayed for us uh, as a family. And when we didn't have all the answers back then. And we, we could see the provision of God in concrete steps where we were cared for. Uh, there was provision made for transportation, for a place to live. It was just magnificent. So... Amazing journey. Uh, could I just share one yeah, highlight yeah, uh, shared yesterday? Yeah, you're going to keep sharing. So, <laughs> uh, so I would constantly hear these words, uh, two words, love you, brother, love you guys, love your family. So this has impacted me through this whole Mercy series because that was not a big part of my vocabulary. But it has impacted me in such a way that I have made these two words my own vocabulary. So I'm using this with my own groups. <laughs> love you. Love you. <laughs> love right? you. Yeah. All right. So Francis. here. <laughs> Um, like they invited me to the Forest Grove campus the other day, and I'm like, uh, that's a long ways to drive with traffic. <laughs> he came from Jacksonville. Um, so tell us now why you're really here. This, this is where it gets exciting, right? <laughs> so we're here on a mission to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Anyone excited? <laughs> So, uh, Romans 5, I was sharing last night, Romans 5, uh, verse 5 says, God's love has been poured out into our hearts. Now, I just want to take a, a moment to reflect on the second song that we sang. It said, no matter what your identity or background, nationality or ethnic identity is, we're all made in the image of God. Amen? Amen. So... Uh, the Indian people group as a culture has been a very community-oriented, uh, family-oriented group. And I grew up in such a culture. Great family. Uh, my parents were all great Christians. But underneath the surface, I was lost, empty, filled with sin and rebellion. So when the love of God, when I encountered Christ first, this was beyond anything I had ever experienced. So we're here on a mission to show the love of Christ. And we're praying for partners to come and join us in this mission. Thanks, Francis. Welcome. Fully welcome. Drew, come on up. <laughs> 
So, Drew, how you doing? Good. You and I, we love to serve, get our hands dirty, muck out houses, build homes, and you went to Cuba, and God stretched you in ways. Why don't you share about that? Okay. Probably about nine months ago, James showed a video up here on stage of a Cuba trip that he took and showed an outside church that, uh, you know, that people would meet at. I've done mission trips for many years down to Mexico, and we build houses down there. I'm a carpenter, and like Kevin said, I like to use my hands. That's a gift that God has given me. So uh, my once I saw that video, I thought, wow, wouldn't that be cool if we could take the house building team down to Cuba and build some houses? So it was on my heart to try to go and explore that uh, that opportunity. So when the chance came to go to Cuba, I'm on board, and I went there. Problem was, is this was an evangelistic trip. <laughs> we tricked you. <laughs> I'm not an evangelist, <laughs> but I still want to check out the ability to build a house. So I'm gonna, I'm going to go along with this. I go down there, and we go through some training on how to evangelize, how to give your testimony. Um, and on the second day there, we got to go out into the neighborhoods. Guys, that's exciting. It is so easy because you know the story. God's given it to you, and you've, you've grown in that. And all you got to do is just tell them what's happened, how God's changed your life. And that's what the trip was all about. Yes, God did answer my prayer, and I got to use my hands, and I built the church a table, which they, as simple as it was, and as simple as it sounds, they loved it. Mm. Well, let's do one more. <laughs> that was good. So just share a little bit about what God's teaching you about the, the good news, the gospel. Okay. Even years further back, there was a time where I pretty much acted like as if I was God. And God allowed me to do that. He allowed me to run my own life in a way that I was running it right downhill. To the point of where my wife and I, marriage wasn't fun. Um, and it, it came to a point of, of are we going to stay married? I asked my wife a question. What's it going to take to make you happy? Because... Together we weren't, and happiness wasn't in that. My wife is, for those of you that know her, is a very quiet lady. It took her about a half an hour to answer me, and I'm not good at waiting. <laughs> but, but this time I did, and I just sat there. And she answered me with, to me at the time, being a non-Christian man, I just couldn't understand her answer. She says, I need to get back to church. She was raised in a Christian family. I was not. And I answered that. I says, that's it? I got to give up two hours on Sunday and you're happy? Pick a church. <laughs> little, little did I know that God was not working on my wife. <laughs> God worked in my life. And through that, and picking a church, and, and Sunrise wasn't the first church, but it was the church where God grabbed us. And, and 
he changed my life. I was in a Sunday school class. And I had heard the gospel years and years ago back when I was in the military. And I'm not going to give up control of my life because I don't want to give up the fun. I'm the one who gets to say what's fun and what's not. And Christian people, they don't have fun. (laughs) (laughs) So he put me in a Sunday school class with Chuck Teets and Larry Seekins. These, for those of you that maybe know them, but these two guys couldn't be in the room without it being a party. It just, they just had a good time. They would had you, they would be laughing amongst themselves and laughing, uh, getting everybody around them to laugh. And they're still doing a Sunday school. They're, we're going through one of the books of the Bible. God came up behind me while we're all sitting there laughing. He says, you're not having fun? And I said, I understand, Lord. <laughs> I accepted Christ right then. And he has changed my life so much, so much to, and I have a heart of serving, enough to go to Cuba and evangelize. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks, Drew. Good job. Come on up, Annie. (laughs) Annie's going to finish off this testimony part. She's on staff. She oversees, man, so much of our community outreach and the shelter. And, you know, she's going to be part of the kitchen. And so, man, uh, the the heart of mercy continues. It's always love in action. So just share your heart, and then you can close us in prayer, and we'll have the worship team come up. So. Hi, uh, this journey has just been so fun these past six weeks, uh, learning about Jesus and his heart and, and what he came to do and what he came to show us as believers and those who may not believe is just to show mercy through all circumstances, no matter who you're dealing with or no matter what's going on in your own heart. So we have the opportunity as a church, we come together every winter and I don't know about you guys, but yesterday was really gross. Yesterday was really wet and you know, December's coming and the snow is coming. So December 1st, we get to open our doors. We open our doors to chaos. We open our doors to hurt. We open our doors to difficult people. We open our doors to those who have nowhere else to go. And I'm inviting you to come and be a part of that, to come and serve, to come and show mercy, to come and grow your faith, to take a step towards Jesus. If you don't know him, to take a step towards growing your own faith, to take a step towards showing mercy in a new way that you've never experienced. And I got to tell you, I started when I was 18 and I was a little bit scared. My goodness, did God take down those walls? It is the most remarkable thing to go into this environment, to think it's going to be scary, to think that you don't know what you're doing, to think, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? And then have those that you think you're serving minister to your heart. God has grown my heart in ways that I never thought were going to happen. I have homeless friends that I consider my family. I have those who used to be homeless that are now in homes that are my family. And I can say that wholeheartedly that we are connected in a way that I never thought I'd be connected with people that weren't my family. God has just grown me. God has grown my leaders. I have leaders in the shelter that said, man, I was so scared to even come the first day. And I just, I just decided to do it. Man, I'm hooked. God just works in miraculous ways. The coolest thing that's going to happen this year is God has placed it on our heart to put in a new dining hall and a new cafeteria, and it opens December 1st. Day one of that cafeteria being open, we get to use that space to bless people. And let me tell you, when you sit down at a dinner table with somebody and you're both hungry, and I'm hungry because I've been working all day, and they're hungry because they haven't eaten all day, God does something. He breaks down those walls. You get to share your story. You get to share what you did that day. They get to share what they... 
they did that day. And through conversation, God just, his spirit just moves in miraculous ways. So if you feel that prompting that this series is not just a series, that this is God in movement, that this is our heartbeat as a church, and you want to be a part of that, fill out the serve card. Come talk to me. Email me. Call me. We want to get you connected and serving in new great ways that's going to grow your faith or that's just going to lead you one step towards God that you've never thought would happen before. So if you want to join me in prayer as we welcome back on our worship team so we can just celebrate what God's been doing in great ways through this series and just invite him into this place, we're going to pray. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, I just welcome your spirit to our, our hearts into the space, Lord. May you just fill this environment right now so we can just worship you in ways that we haven't before. May this series be something that's just a catalyst for our lives, Lord, and not just a one-time moment, Lord. Bless this our worship team as they get to enter us into the presence of God, and may we just get to center our day on you, Lord, so this week we can go share the gospel with that coworker that you've been prompting in our heart, Lord, that we get to go serve somebody in a new way. We just... Thank you that your spirit is alive and well as it was back in the times of the Bible, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.